Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast of champions. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, we have a ton of coaching carousel news and playoff talk to get to. So let's get right into our week 13 takeaways. Ryan, what'd you see? The big game. Got to talk about the big game. Michigan, Ohio State. It's just the game, by the way, right? Yeah, I mean, the that's, game. That's the, <laughs> the, I like to refer to it as the big game. <laughs> All right. The big it game is big. Is, yeah. yeah. What, that Cal Stanford? Slash. Yeah. Is, is Harvard, Yale, Yale. Harvard, Yale the big game as well? Okay. Michigan, Ohio State's the bigger game. Yeah. Uh, man, it's second year in a row, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan take down the Buckeyes with style points. Um, this one was even more impressive to me because, um, Ohio state was undefeated unlike last year. And of course this one was in Columbus. Um, key though, in this game was, was, if you watched it, it was big place. Only one of Michigan's six touchdowns came from inside the red zone. So five of them were just long, long plays. It was 69, nice, 75, 45, 75, and 85. So it was just outside of those plays, they, they played great defense, Ohio State did, but <laughs> they just had those big plays, man, and yeah. it killed them. Um, so, and, and, and turnovers also hurt. Ohio State was minus two in the, the turnover battle. So, man, Michigan, uh, got to give Jim Harbaugh all the credit in, in the world and just got to just once again say to the Jim Harbaugh haters, we told you so. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two years in a row. Like, I thought after last year, it was like, all right, yeah. we, we got some redemption there. But yeah, uh, he's doing it again. It's crazy. Uh, that's great. Even better, maybe. Now they have a chance in the playoff. Last year, they were pretty big dogs. This year, they, they could very well win the semifinal game. Oh, they could very well win it all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Seemingly. So they're, they're the second favorite right now. Um, right. So, by the way, cr- quick correction. The game is Harvard-Yale is also the game. Oh, so excuse me. We've, we've got two of the Cal games. Cal Stanford. Big game. All right. Uh, well, USC beat Notre Dame this past weekend as well, 38-27. to 27, Close out the regular season 11-1. and one. Just wow. crazy. I did not see this Stupid. coming at all. I was – it wasn't just uh, – the, the, the season win total was 9.5, and, a half, and it, it wasn't even a case where I, I, I'm usually pretty indifferent about any win total – that one I was confident in the under. Like I just I, I thought there the was <laughs> Yeah. I thought that they, I thought it was a good bet. Um, but here they are and coming off of a four and eight season where they had a horrendous defense. Um defense still not great, but they're they better. got it done. They're better. And uh Lincoln Riley has just changed the culture really quickly. <laughs> Caleb Williams is absolutely insane. He's obviously now the the massive favorite to to win the Heisman at this point. And I think That's I'm amazing. glad that he showcased showcased these past two weeks against UCLA and Notre Dame when everyone was watching him because I'm not sure you know how many games people were, were seeing of him throughout the season and I was of course watching them and he's just making all these unbelievable plays. Well, he showed it these last two weeks, just avoiding sacks, making perfect throws on the run, and it's crazy to me right now that USC is in a, a situation where if they win on Friday, they make the playoff. Just getting to that point is, and they have a Heisman winner, probably. I mean, if they win on Friday, it's... it's oh, oh yeah. Yes, yes. And even if they lose, the odds will tell yeah. you he's still a pretty big yeah. favorite as long as he doesn't have a bad game. Yeah. I'm going to touch on North Carolina and Clemson. 
the ACC title lost a lot of luster. You know, Clemson ended up going down to South Oof. Carolina 31-30. Their playoff hopes were dashed. And somehow this Gamecock offense and Spencer Rattler has shown life the past two weeks. I mean, I've really been down on South Carolina, but the last two weeks, I have to give Shane Beamer a hat tip, especially this week. They were down 14 nothing in the first quarter on the road to their nemesis Clemson. They'd lost seven in a row to them. But DJU was ugly, 8 of 29, 99 yards. Like, Dabo clearly has to address the offensive situation in the offseason. They cannot keep just going down this path. Um, and then the other side, North Carolina, the other their ACC title opponent, they already lost last week to Georgia Tech. And then this week they lost again at home to NC State, who was down to another backup quarterback. It was actually Ryan Finley's little brother. Um, it was a really exciting double overtime game. Um, and, and the Heels missed a field goal to to in the second overtime to tie it up. But um, a New Year's Six bid is on the line in the ACC title, but both teams kind of come in on bad terms. Yeah, ACC, it's tough. Not, not, not a good situation right now. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, TCU, man. It had been a while, but TCU, they finally won a game easily. Uh, they don't usually do that. They whooped up on Iowa State, 62-14. to 14. Um, that's not a good look, Iowa State. That's 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 rough. They've no. been competitive even in their losses, but that's not a good way to finish the year for Matt Campbell. He's certainly dropped off the radar. Um, but I mean, how did TCU finish twelve and zero? That that question yeah. to me. How did they do that? It's just crazy. I mean, you know, their defense was absolutely horrible last season. Um, you know, and then they had a ton of close games this year. Just found ways to win. Uh, remarkable job by Sonny Dykes and Max Duggan deserves to be in New York. I mean, he, without yeah. him, I don't know where this team would be, but he, he came up huge for them when they needed him. Statistically had a great season, of course, as well. I'm not sure he's not going to win the award, but man, he should get an invite to New York and deservingly so. Dykes didn't even start him at the beginning of the year. What the heck? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Chandler right? Moore's like got Hooker, the man. start. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, from uh trey mentioned a team clemson that blew their chance to uh make a playoff spot and oregon blew their chance at a pac-12 title they were up 31 to 10 at oregon state late in the third quarter um but wow. oregon, Sta- oregon state came back to win uh despite only throwing for 60 yards and turning it over three times they were helped by oregon's punter mis- mishandling a snap yeah. deep in their own territory and again Oregon fourth and one in their own territory this time at the 29 they were up by three go for it and fail badly um so Oregon State ended up scoring a touchdown there and that was the game winner so that that ended up losing the game for the Ducks but amazing nine and three season for for Jonathan Smith and Oregon State he's one of the most underrated coaches in the country right now and as for Oregon in just a few short weeks they've gone from playoff contender i think we filmed a youtube episode a few weeks ago where ryan and i both picked them to go to the playoff now they are likely out of the new year six that's pretty crazy yeah um i'm gonna go to another rivalry the egg bowl um always an entertaining thanksgiving game uh and it i guess as and it wasn't the prettiest game itself but mississippi state got the win on the road Ole Miss, they went on a 99-yard drive in the final minutes to score, but they missed the two-point conversion to tie. But really, two takeaways. One, a disappointing finish to the year for the Rebels. They went 8-4 and four after starting 8-1. Eight, eight and one. 
So they lost three straight, a couple of them tight home losses. And then number two, Lane and Ole Miss, they had a bunch of distractions with him taking the Auburn job potentially. He obviously ended up staying, but but enjoyed uh, dragging a reporter both on on Twitter and in his presser for for claiming his sources uh, had told him that Kiffin was taking the Auburn job. So that was some uh, some comic theater there. Yeah, he had fun with that for sure. <laughs> yeah, you gotta like Lane though. All right, so let's go to the Sunflower game. We got Kansas and Kansas State went up against each other this past weekend. K-State whooped up on a struggling Kansas now. Kansas certainly not playing like they were at the beginning of the year. Uh, they did make a bowl game, so that's that's a nice thing. But um, K-State, Will Howard continues to shine at quarterback. The passing game is just it, – I can't believe how much better it is ever since he's been kind of – the lead guy, at least. I mean, they've still been shuffling a little bit, but Will Howard's been fantastic. He completed 11 passes and it was for 213 yards, those completions. So nearly 20 yards per completion. Um, fantastic, big explosive plays. And I, I got to give a lot of credit to, to Coach Kleiman just to get K-State to a Big 12 title game appearance. That's that's a heck of a job. I mean, just fast rewind a few years back and it's just I don't know. Not many people predicted this. So that's an achievement in and of itself. And I'm kind of surprised his name's not getting tossed around for maybe for some, for some bigger jobs. You don't really hear his, his name come up. Maybe. I mean, it was, it was a up. sexy name. It came but, up during the Nebraska. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit, but man, it felt like I heard, uh, you know, Leopold a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyways, other, yeah, other, I, other I, names besides his. We, we've talked about now, Jonathan Smith and Chris Kleiman. I do feel like this, these seasons for them were yeah. are kind of breakthroughs nationally. So maybe next year is when next year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, climate seems like a good fit for K state. I'm not sure he'll, he'll really jump anywhere else, but uh, possibly. Yeah. We will see. Well, same, I guess you could say the same Jonathan Smith at Oregon state. It's his alma mater. Yeah. Maybe he's the next Mike Riley over there. Well, uh, Brian Kelly at LSU, they were seemingly going to have a chance. We all thought to, to make the playoff uh, in, a, in the SEC title game, but it seems like all these teams are, are wanting to ruin conference championship weekend and uh, just lower the stakes of, of some of these games because LSU <laughs> lost at A&M 38-23. to 23. Devon A-Chain just ran all over them, and the LSU offense didn't do much. They had a uh, – Jaden Daniels had a costly fumble that led to a scoop and score. Just, just a bad game overall, and yeah, it just makes that SEC title game – you know, obviously, an SEC championship is on the line, which is which is cool. But uh, <laughs> as a neutral observer, it would have been nice if if LSU uh, had yeah, a chance had to make on the, the line. playoff. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Muhammad was making some crazy catches too. Oh, for yeah, A&M. he was. That was awesome. Um, all right, I'm going to go up to the Apple Cup. Washington won a fun edition of it, fifty-one thirty-five. The Huskies they racked up seven hundred yards, and the game was tight going into the fourth, but the Huskies pulled away. Michael Penix caps off an amazing regular season. He threw for 485 yards here, ended up leading the nation in passing yards. And just the takeaways, what a first year for Kalen DeBoer. Got a little pay bonus after his name was being mentioned for jobs. Led Washington to a 10-2 and record, first 10-win season uh, since 2018. But really, just when you look at it, compared to last year, it's so impressive. They were a dumpster fire, 4-8. and eight. They had fired their coach, so heck of a turnaround. Yeah, it'll be a tough choice for Pac-12 Coach of the Year between, I guess it's probably <laughs> down to him and, and Lincoln Riley. Both did yeah. pretty amazing jobs. I mean, uh, Lanning was up there, 
but I, I think not, was. Not Jonathan anymore. Smith is good, Jonathan but Smith, they're not going to yeah. win. Like, yeah, a lot but, of good uh, jobs. Yeah, and uh, and that Apple Cup was crazy because it determined who was going to be in the Pac-12 yeah. title. So USC was already in, and that of course was the last game of the night. And so we're just watching it, trying to find out who's going to be in. It wasn't going to be Washington or Washington State, but. A, a win for Washington meant that Oregon was out and Utah would be in, and then the opposite Vice if they versa, lost. Yeah. So that was pretty wild. Oregon fans, <laughs> Washington, they had two wins there because they got to to beat their rival Washington State, and their other rival knocked them out of the yeah uh, the play or the uh, conference title. Uh, but okay, let's move on to the coaching carousel and we'll start with well first of all we've recorded a bunch of youtube videos that are are mostly up now uh on youtube so be sure to check those out give them a like watch them that um we're we go more in detail on there but we'll touch on some of these in a little bit more abbreviated so nebraska hired matt rule trey what do you think yeah i mean i'm i'm a fan of the hire considering how poorly nebraska has played recently it's about as good of hire as you could ask for because um, he was one of the most most sought-after coaches this cycle. Everyone knew he would come back to the college game. Um, he said he turned down a few jobs, so it proves that Nebraska still carries weight. I mean, they've got a brand-new facility opening this year. They were able to spend some big money to land him, um, and his style seems like it should fit the Nebraska culture. He has a focus on the offensive and defensive lines. Pretty much is blatantly said he wants to run the ball and instill toughness. Um, he's respected by high school coaches, lives and breathes football, and and he wowed everyone in the press conference. So there's a lot to like. Yeah, yeah there is. Um, he seems like a good fit. Uh, it seems like a good fit not only for Nebraska, but maybe just the Big Ten in general. Um, and I I love what he's done with his track record in college, man. He's took taken over two struggling programs, and you know, when a matter of a couple of seasons, he's got them competing for you know conference titles. Did it at Temple, did it did it at Baylor after the whole Art Bryles situation. I mean, that was a really tough situation to be in, and a lot of his right, former that was players your, your that claim to fame. Yeah, it's true. His 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 bounce back season at Baylor, I was certainly my I was riding high on him that year. Yeah, he's you, got Charlie you, Brewer. You picked Baylor before the season to yeah. win the Big Twelve, and I did. And yeah. that close. And I vividly, I vividly remember Michael <laughs> and I scoffing at his prediction. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just overtime loss to OU, man. That's, oh, that, 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 mm-hmm. that was rough. That was rough. And this year you were losses. this year you were on Illinois, uh, and we definitely scoffed at that. Yeah, and, uh, the, yeah. they almost did yeah. it. I mean, yeah, almost, you didn't pick them to win One, the Big Ten. You didn't go that crazy, yeah, in but the West. Uh, you were high on them. I was high yeah, on you, them. Yes, you didn't even pick them to win the West, but I did not. But you they were did. High. Well, so, yeah, I. Th- this is about what I expected. I didn't expect them to win the West, but I expected them to have a very yeah. good year. So, you, some someday you guys learn. I know what I'm talking about. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but it's a great hire. I, I don't really have much to add. I agree with you guys. Yeah. I think I think it's a good hire, good fit. Uh, yeah. But here's what I think is a better hire. Wisconsin just just had to yeah. one up Nebraska and hire Luke Fickle away from Cincinnati. What you think there, Ryan? Yeah, that's a fantastic hire. Yeah, there's just everybody in the country would want this guy. If Ohio State needed a coach, then Ohio State would have gone after Luke Fickle. So that kind of tells you all you need to know. Like, I mean, Ohio State top... does does need a coach. You know, Ryan Day. Yeah, is Day's trash. a bum. <laughs> well, fair enough. But 
no, it, 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 everybody wants this guy. He, he's the top of the line coach. Could have gone anywhere if you know any program would have wanted him had they had, had an opening. So for Wisconsin to get him is just a home run hit for them. Sure, their players were upset that they didn't keep Jim Leonard, but they get over that eventually. You know, I'm sure they'll they'll buy into Luke Fickle's coaching and his the way he goes about it. So huge for huge for Wisconsin and probably huge for their recruiting. I mean, and yeah. they've always had a good program and they develop, but imagine if they can do that with like you know top 15 classes. That's what I like about it is he's got everything that Wisconsin is: the developing, the toughness, the you know just all all of that. Like he's a good coach, good ball coach. But then he adds that recruiting element. Like he is going to maximize to, he'll maximize Wisconsin's recruiting as much as anybody can. So that uh, that's yeah. exciting. Yep. And I mean, you after last year with the the flirtation with Notre Dame, kind of supposedly, uh, you kind of thought Fickle might only hold out for the Ohio State job. But some of that obviously had to do with the fact that since he was in the playoff, he didn't want to leave right away. But then I think watching this year. He, he realized maybe he elevated them to about as good as he could and now gets a, a better job in Wisconsin, better conference, and he wanted the challenge. Seems like it should be a perfect fit. Okay, Auburn. Uh, of course, we talked about how Lane Kiffin was apparently first to offer the job and, and opted not to take it. And so Hugh Freeze <laughs> from Liberty is is the is their new head coach. What, what do you think about that one, Trey? I mean, bottom line is Freeze generally wins um yes he is controversial somewhat of a sketchy background but i guess if you're auburn in the dog eat dog sec they're desperate to win i'm not condoning his actions nor would i maybe select him but i i can understand why he got hired um the, the move kind of makes sense he he's his daughter went to auburn he's proved to have success uh at Ole miss he completely turned liberty into a player Developed an NFL quarterback last year. Ironically, it was an Auburn transfer, Malik Willis. He knows the region. Um, he's familiar with it. So I feel like the, the fans are definitely, though, going to rally around him and get more excited about Freeze way more than they ever were with Brian Harson. Yeah, yeah. I Like you said, I mean, I personally wouldn't hire him uh, for off-the-field stuff. I wouldn't want him as my team's head coach. But, yeah, resume-wise, from a football perspective – he wins and there's a decent chance he'll win at Auburn and recruit well. That's, and it's not a popularity contest. They don't really care. I mean, you know, I, I, it's, it, can you get wins? Can you get wins? That's what it matters in, in the college football world. I like the hire freeze wins. I'm sure he's going to do well. I'm sure he's going to take advantage of every opportunity that he gets as far as NAL and money. And I think he's going to do a good job there. So I like it. They're going to win games there. Okay. We had uh, late Saturday night, a, uh, most people were asleep, but yeah, David Shaw was not. No, well, you know, I mean, now he is. Uh, <laughs> he's me- metaphorically he asleep. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> metaphorically, he's taking a he break. To sleep a little during little. the season, Stanford did at least. Yeah, Ooh. Yeah, the last last few years, he's been sleeping at the wheel. Um, yeah, he, yeah. David Shaw stepping down. Yeah, it's uh, it was time, man. Uh, he had been there for twelve seasons, and the first eight were amazing. Uh, just riding high and you know that's hard to do at Stanford you know be good for for a good eight years there and he was able to keep the Harbaugh kind of magic flowing which you know I got to give him credit he did that for a decent amount of time Um, but the last four years have just been really bad Uh, there's really no signs at at this point that it was going to improve so it's too bad for him you know that that he couldn't keep it going because he's 
you know, he's going to be looked at as a, as a legend there on the farm. I mean, he won two Rose Bowls, went to another, uh, and then also went to a Fiesta Bowl. So, you know, there's legend coach in Stanford, but it's unfortunate that it went down kind of negatively at the end. Yeah. Yep. I I think you yeah. put it perfectly there. And now Wisconsin is, of course, of many as many people have pointed out, a, a very tough job, especially with the transfer portal. They're not really able to take transfers. With Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. What did I say? You mentioned Wisconsin. Oh, I meant Stanford. Yes. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin but not yeah, as Stan- tough of a job. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, Stanford with uh, transfer portal, and I guess even early signing day was an issue for them. Though I think they've kind of rectified that to some degree getting uh players getting players admitted earlier than before um but anyway we'll talk about tough gig their next head coach when they hire him but moving on to arizona state they hired oregon offensive coordinator kenny dillingham as their next head coach do you like that one trey i'm cautiously optimistic i guess i don't know he's only 32 years old uh coaches man they just keep getting younger and younger I like that he's an ASU alum. He's passionate about the place. He's got a track record of working under some good, um, at good, uh, under good coaches. Uh, Mike Norvell, most most notably, been at Memphis, Auburn, Florida State, now Oregon. And if you just look, I mean, this was his first year of kind of him taking the reins. What he did with Bo Nix in Oregon, it's it's hard to deny. Like it was very impressive. He had Nix playing at a a near Heisman level. I will say it's a bit of a gamble for ASU. Um, he's got a, he's inheriting quite a challenge just because of how they've struggled on the field and kind of got to inherit the mess that Herm Edwards left. But I, I just feel like Arizona State is is kind of a a small sleeping giant and a hire like Dillingham it it gives you maybe that home run threat. Um, and honestly, I feel like if it doesn't pan out, it might not set them back so much from from where they are at the moment. I I don't like it. Um, I think it's too early for him. I mean, he's younger than Michael. I mean, Michael has no idea what he's doing in life. So, true. That's true. Know, and this guy's younger than him. So I, I worry about that. No. Um, I, listen, he did a great job this past season at Oregon, but this is the only year where he's been the main coordinator. Been like, it's been his offense. It was good, no doubt about it. But the years past at Florida State, their offense wasn't even very good. Auburn wasn't that good. He just so, needs to be on his own. He's, yeah, he, needs to be on his own. he needs to be on his own. But at the same time, I want to see more than one year, okay, where they lose a few games. and Mr. Mackey? Did I say okay? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I just want okay. to see more than one year, okay? <laughs> I had a South Park flashback. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay, okay. Drugs are bad, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah just pretty just don't, don't, uh, ironic coming don't, from you <laughs> <laughs> uh yep I, i'd rather see a proven head coach go to the school they took a chance last time on herm edwards who hadn't been a college head coach before kind of biting him in the butt now uh county dillingham could do the same so i i just i think there was quality head coaching candidates that had that experience in the past that's who i would have gone with okay i think i, I lean more towards trey i, I think the I kind of like the upside, but I, I hear what you're saying, Ryan. Uh, Georgia Tech was reportedly in negotiations to hire Willie Fritz and from Tulane, and we were all ready. We were all ready to record an episode yeah. about Georgia Tech hiring Willie Fritz. I, I told Sarah, you know what? Go ahead and make the image. Shock it up. Put, yeah. put Willie Fritz on there just so we have it ready, the thumbnail for YouTube. But no, it, that you're did not happen. Time. 
Yeah, I, I did waste Sarah's time. I mean, she said she was sourcing it herself, and she was pretty confident. So that's wow. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I'm gonna blame her. But they okay. hired Brent Key, the interim head coach, to the full time job. Ryan, are you gonna be negative? Well, I mean, we've already recorded the YouTube episode, so I, yeah. I basically know you your know, thoughts. You know the answer. Yes. Yeah. But maybe the audio audience does not. And uh, I'm negative, Nancy. Again, I'm sorry, guys. But I, you know, I got to keep it real. I was. I was two for two with rule and, uh, and, and, and fickle. I like those guys. Those are good hires, but no, not here, man. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with this. I mean, I would have been all on all aboard the Willie Fritz hire. If they got him, I thought he did, would have been a, a fine choice for them. Proven head coach winning program there Tulane. Now they're going to this guy's never even been a coordinator in his career. Um, I know he finished well here this season for Georgia tech, but like whoop de doo you know, it, it takes more than just a final eight weeks to, to prove yourself. So to me, it's been coordinator role, offensive line, and nothing major. This just kind of reeks to me of like, they're not really, they don't really have anybody super interested or they don't have money or they don't have yeah. whatever they need to have. So I, I think, I think those, I think those are true. Yeah. So it's, it's not good. I don't, I don't think it's going to work out. I, 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 I think it's good for key. I mean. Uh, well, it's I definitely good for key. I just, I'm not saying it's like a home run for Georgia tech. I just loved the way I saw the video of how the players responded to him getting announced as the head head guy. And he's a Georgia tech alum. He's passionate about the place. And like, I know he probably doesn't have maybe the credentials to, to lead them, you know, to, to, to new heights, but you got, you, you got to admit, like he clearly improved them or got them to believe this year. They were four and four finish. Um, they had two ranked wins, Pitt and North Carolina competitive with Georgia for, you know, a half and a little bit of the third quarter. So he had experience at UCF and Bama. So I'm not totally writing it off. I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Ryan, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I think in a way you guys are both right. And just, I think it, it is the fact that they don't have a lot of money to throw around. That's what has been reported so i think maybe they couldn't get a guy like jamie chadwell even or or willie fritz um so what about prime time does anybody really want prime time or does prime time colorado really has them? an offer out to him apparently Colorado or south florida or south, yeah so like, i don't know what's yeah I, I, I think he might just be you know fielding offers right now. Been, georgia tech would have been great i feel like for for prime time yeah, I, I know. I people always bring up the uh, Prime Academy thing, and I, to be honest, I don't know much about that. But maybe that's maybe Georgia Tech that that will concern them. I have no idea. But yeah, I agree. George, that would have been way more exciting hiring someone way like more. Dion. But maybe come on. But this this job has the you know I guess Willie Fritz made some sense because he's at a high academic school like Georgia Tech, so he kind of would fit in in that sense. That'd but, been great. But um. Key, I don't know. I just hopefully pre- prevents a mass exodus to the portal, which is nice because you were, you know, playing fine second half of the season. And they now, did lose Sims, though, right? Yeah, exactly. They were playing with uh, with what, the the Akron transfer at quarterback, who was not good. Um, oh yeah. yeah, they lost Sims to the portal. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, okay. Well, that's not great. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but I, I know, I know what you're saying the mass exodus. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, but okay. So you save some money, presumably with this, this hire. And so maybe that, and they've already fired their offensive coordinator. So maybe you're able to hire a good offensive staff. If, if you can make an inspired hire there, then you start feeling a little bit better about the whole situation and setting up your, your Sam Pittman situation where you surround him with good coordinators. I don't know. 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I guess it's not super exciting. Here is uh, a crazy hire. Trent Dilfer is going to be UAB's next head yeah. coach, taking over for Bill Clark. Just a completely out of left field move. Yeah. What do you guys, what do you guys think about this? Trey, I mean, you go for it. I, well, I mean, yeah, he's just, you know, been at a high school in Tennessee now for the last, what, three, four years. And it, it's shocking. Um, at least he's a name, like, you know, yeah. maybe a recognized name for people. And, and UAB, they've, they've made some investments in the program. They're transitioning to the AAC. Um, you know, they kind of wanted to make a splash. And even though he's got no track record of, you know, college coaching, at least this is maybe as splashy as they could get. And, I don't. I don't even know what to think, honestly. Like yeah. I, I can't even form an opinion. I, I, it's. It was just. It like you said, Michael. It was out of left field. Definitely out of left field. But uh, you know, I, I can get on board with it for a program like UAB. I, I think it's more worth risks for the okay. for a program. Like UAB. I, I maybe, but UAB is a pretty high level G five, like you said, Trey. That's made a lot of investments. So I feel like I'd mm-hmm. be more okay with it if it was like. Uh, well, I don't want to disparage any institution now, but. Uh, but I also do what's 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 like a lower <laughs> a lower level that I could throw out there well, like, rice like Charlotte was hiring a coach sure well yeah I'll say rice that's a good that's a good one okay Maybe, rice like a rice like yeah I might, I might as well take a shot but UAB I mean they're already good and yeah, I don't know this but is they're moving up a level you know yeah it's gonna be probably a little more challenging and uh, I mean so you really want a guy with no experience then <laughs> no, it's not about no experience. But Delfer, listen, man, the guy played in the NFL for a very long time. He clearly knows how to be a leader. I mean, that's it's, it's a, a very important, you know, quality to have. Guys can believe in him. He did a great job as a, a high school coach. I mean, <laughs> at a private school, you got to bring in talent. You certainly got to recruit talent to your to your school. So that's hopefully good. But I don't know. I think you know, with the way his he, he, in his football career over his life. I can kind of get on board with it. It's a risk, no doubt about it. But for UAB, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm playing. I do am closer to what I was just arguing than than what you're saying right there. Like I right. think I'm. It's not a hire I would have made, but at the same time, we've seen this. Like at first, Herm Edwards, everyone absolutely hated that hire, and I know, of course, it actually did end up turning out poorly. Yeah, mostly for whatever for weird reasons but uh but it was fine for for a few years there Yeah, for a couple years it was like oh he's actually pretty solid yeah so dilfer could i mean it could work out just fine and he's an engaging personality that's for sure so yeah he could be a good recruiter and he's he's worked (laughs) at the elite 11 camp so maybe he's a good developer Mm -hmm. of quarterbacks so yeah there's reasons that it could work but it is it's still just wild it's 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 one of those where if it doesn't work out then it you yeah you look really bad It does. I liked him back on ESPN with Dilfer's Dimes and all that. Yeah, he was. Yeah. All right, moving on. We've got, <clears throat> sorry, Florida Atlantic fired Willie Taggart and kind of deservedly so. 15 and 18 run at Florida Atlantic. Missed a bowl game this season. And, you know, it's just amazing for him because considering a few years back, he was one of the main up and comers. He had the Oregon and Florida State jobs. And and then what he inherited, Florida Atlantic was in great shape when he got there. He was taking over Lane Kiffin's 11-win team, but they clearly regressed. And now as they head into the AAC, the administration obviously felt they needed some new blood there. Yep. Uh, next up, Texas State <clears throat> fired Jake Spavital. He was there for four years and 
best season was four and eight so makes sense to get rid of him the the boldest thing he did was in 2021 took zero high school recruits all transfers yeah yeah just a very bold strategy and uh did not it did not pay off for him cotton no it did not yeah all right moving on to we have a new hire from charlotte they heard biff pogey uh, he's replacing Will Healy. What a name. Yeah, what a Biff name. Pogey, man. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go get a hoagie with Pogey. <laughs> All right. And, uh, an interesting <laughs> an interesting choice uh, of a hire here. He, he's only had a few years of college experience. Um, he spent the last couple of years as an associate head coach at Michigan without real, I don't really, you know, <laughs> wasn't really a coordinator, but just associate head coach. Um, but hey, if he kind of follows the Jim Harbaugh blueprint there, you know, then I think it could work out for him. Um, you know, he's a legend in the high school ranks, absolutely killed it in his time there in the East Coast. Um, so maybe he can kind of get some excitement going uh, about a small timer, small kind of smaller program like Charlotte. So I, I I don't really know enough about the guy to put up, make a huge, yeah. uh, you know, do I really like it or not? I'm going to say it could work out well. I thought Healy would work out better, but Boji could work. I mean, I, I like the fact that he worked with Harbaugh. <coughs> Harbaugh certainly knows how to run a program. Yeah, and and Bruce Feldman has written a piece about him, and and apparently uh, Poji got a lot a lot of credit for changing the culture there the last two years and kind of leading to this uh, resurgence from from Michigan. So that's a good sign. And also, he's what I think a, a former hedge hedge fund manager, something like that. Like he's loaded. It's kind yeah. of like um, who was Coastal's guy? Uh, oh, Joe Moglia. Joe Moglia, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he can he can give them some money. Maybe he can give them some of his money. That would be nice. Yeah. That'd be great. All right. Uh, Tulsa moved on from Philip Montgomery. Uh, Fired after eight years, four bowl games. Not bowling this year. Hadn't won more than seven games since 2016. I guess I will. uh, That's a little unfair. They did go 6-0 in conference in the short COVID year. I mean, I guess I can understand the move. It's been a little stale lately. The fan base might have been... A little bit disinterested after the last couple of years, um, but it is it is odd just because he was there for such a long while and and had some success early on. Yeah, I've got maybe an odder one. UNLV fired Marcus Arroyo. Seems harsh. Yep. They were getting better in three years. He went zero and six, then ten and two, and now five and seven, including two and ten. Few- you said ten and two. What did I say? Oh, ten no, he didn't, he didn't go 10 and 2. No, <laughs> no he that would be very odd. They fired, <laughs> yeah, they fired him two years after going 10 and 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, flip that. But um, And and this year, though, that, that 5 and 7 record, their quarterback, Doug Brumfield, was out for f- several weeks. So uh, that that caused... They were better. Least, yeah. I, I watched them. They were noticeably yeah. better, especially yeah. with Brumfield in. For yeah. sure. a sophomore. And they're... Oh, yeah, they're yeah, this one's weird. Actually supposed to make a bowl game because their APR score even though they're five mm-hmm. and seven, which would be their second bowl game in the last 20 years. But apparently they might decline it now. So anyway, we'll see. That but ridiculous. Uh, yeah, they, their history, you know, over the last few decades has been very bad. So a five and seven season with a looking like an upward tra- trajectory, you'd think you would give them another year. I will say, though, and they've he was one of the higher paid coaches in the Mountain West and they're investing in the program. So yeah, yeah. maybe they've got an ace up their sleeve or, or we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll kind of, yeah, I wouldn't have done this, but maybe yeah. we're podcasting next week and they've made a splash higher, but we'll see. Yeah. And they had a, they had a bad loss to Hawaii at the end of the year, but, but overall I, I thought they improved. Yeah, sure did. All right. Uh, well, the next 
piece of news was uh, Western Michigan. They got rid of Tim Lester, who took over at West. Um, did I say already? There's Tim Lester, Western Michigan. I oh, man, I'm jumping my words here, but it's Western late. Michigan fired him. Yeah, it is getting late. They fired him after they took over for PJ Fleck, so obviously that was a good situation for Lester to walk into. And he wasn't bad by any means. I mean, he went 37 and 32 during his time there, and only had one losing season, which was this season, um, 26 and 20 in conference. So he just, you know, it wasn't wasn't bad, but just wasn't quite good enough. And he'd been there six years, and it wasn't seemingly going in an upward trajectory. So kind of just felt like I guess it was the right time to move on, which I get. I mean, you could have yeah. kept him, and nobody would have batted an eye, but. I don't think anybody's batting an eye that he's get fired either. All right, let's uh, let's move on to some playoff scenarios. So we are recording this a day after the committee came out with their rankings, so things are a little bit more clear now. So no surprises though in the playoff rankings. We've got Georgia number one, Michigan two, TCU three, and USC four. And then at five and six, you've got Ohio State and Alabama. And that was the really important thing people were looking for yeah. in these rankings is what was going to be the order of Ohio State and Bama because, um, you know, there's there, there you got Ohio State, the kind of the first team waiting, waiting if, if somebody loses to, to jump into the playoffs. So let's start with what everyone seems to agree on. Georgia and Michigan are in no matter what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, I, although I haven't I really considered so. Michigan getting blown out just because it's the, the chances yeah. of that are so remote. Yeah, yeah. but so, they're in. Yeah, they're okay. In. So Georgia and Michigan are in, and TCU and USC are clearly in with wins, obviously. So that would be that would be your four. Um, then, so do we all agree that USC is out with a loss? I agree. Yes, I agree. Yes, Ohio State will jump USC with a loss, of course. Okay, so yep. then the question is, is TCU in no matter what, even with a loss? Trey, I'll let you go first. I I don't think so. I th- it would certainly help if USC also lost. Um, yeah, since since TCU because TCU at the moment has like the top strength of record, um, so their resume generally would hold up well against almost anyone. Um, I'm. I think it would have to be if USC wins and they're the only team that loses in this scenario. Yeah. It it would have to be a very close competitive loss in my opinion just to avoid the scare. It'll be a scare either way, but Well, I'm going to go the other way and say they just be out. I think Ohio State okay. with the one loss being to uh 13 and 0 Michigan who's a 2 seed. That's your only loss. Um I think they'd be in over TCU who just loses to, you know, Kansas State who already has three losses. Um, and it's Ohio state. I mean, you know, maybe you, you just, if you're not, you can maybe look at resumes and whatnot, but if you're also talking about this is Ohio state versus TCU, they each have a loss to me. It's, I would think Ohio state would jump TCU in that situation. Yeah. Let's just say it's, if you put the, the odds at, at even money, so say, yeah, TCU loses by touchdown or whatever you put the odds at even money, Mm -hmm. who's getting in Ohio state or TCU even money I, i'm probably just laying off i'm like i don't know <laughs> i'm not even i'm well, not I, yeah, no, none of us do but yeah no but that's the that's my opinion is that it's it's close it's it's uh it could go it either is, way there is. um because tcu and ohio state's strength of schedule is about even and they'll have you know both one loss and you know that the committee might just ask themselves who they think is better which in that case i'm sure obviously would favor ohio state but but yeah i don't know i guess it's it's hard to say. I think it's Ohio State. You know, they probably think they're better. They're Ohio State and 
uh, Ohio State's loss would just be definitely better. Better in terms I mean, of they, they lost, lost to a better 20. team, but they did, yeah. Yeah, they, they lost. Yeah, yeah. Well, if TCU, but still, I, I would still think that they would get in. It was a game in the fourth quarter. I just kind of, you know, lost right, at the so end. So you, you feel a little bit stronger there, but we all say if they lose big, that probably Ohio State in. Yeah, lose big. Yeah. I don't think there's a doubt. Okay. Well, okay, let's let's just throw out a little bit of a chaos scenario. So let's say TCU gets blown out and USC loses. Who who's who's the four? Close then? spreads. It could easily happen. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. That well Not TCU getting blown out is well, okay, we're blown out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But anyway, but that's the scenario here. What uh what do you think? I'm just throwing this one at you guys. We haven't, you know, prepared for yeah. this. But um well then Ohio State's um you said USC and TCU gets blown out. Sure. Yeah. Or USC loses. USC and TCU loses. Gets yeah, blown yeah. Out. Um, yeah. So then I'm going. Okay. Ohio State's in, and then and then you start to get into the. Then it's TCU versus Bama. TCU, Ohio yeah. State, Alabama. Yeah. And I, boy, Bama has two losses, but their two losses were like the last play of the game yeah. against LSU and Tennessee top teams. Man, that's uh, that is dicey. I th- I think th- I, would I would still go. I think TCU just the, I, the one loss ultimately I would Trump. Go, I know it's not all about loss counting, but uh, no, nah, I would go TCU just also because of their they have a good strength of record. It's not like they're they're beating just total cupcakes. No, no, they've a lot of lot of solid teams. Yeah, I I, I think that's where I stay with TCU. I I think Ohio State is the is the only team outside of the five right now that that can get in. Uh, I just think it's it's just the Buckeyes. I think Bama's with their two losses is a little too far away uh, yeah. to do it. They did. They did ask, um, boo, whatever his name is, the committee chair. Um, if, if that Bama and Ohio state order Ohio could state. switch and it seemed like he was not prepared for that, which is kind of odd, but, um, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying like, how could that possibly change? And yeah, you know, conceivably it's very unlikely to have it, but conceivably it could, if, because the resumes are they're done playing games, but the teams they've played are not done playing. You know, if if, LSU, yeah, if Michigan gets destroyed, yeah, if Michigan gets destroyed like, well, and LSU beats uh, Georgia, Georgia, then you know it changes their yeah. some of their big wins and losses. I so. see where you're going with that, but I still no, I, I don't think I, I, it makes order. sense. Yeah, but exactly, I don't think they're going to switch the order. I've all, I also saw the people getting pissed off about um, Tennessee being behind Alabama, and like I, I like Tennessee. They got drilled in two games. They got drilled at Georgia, and then they got they gave up sixty to South Carolina. Like I, I know they beat Bama, but like it was the Bama missed a field goal to beat them. It was on the road. Like I don't really have a problem with that. Okay, head to head is not the only justification. Yeah, it's not yeah. Really I, I, if if Hendon Hooker was there, though, I will say that might have been the difference. The fact that Hooker's out, fair or unfair, is probably the reason. But I don't like. I don't think it's like the most egregious thing ever that Bama's ahead of them. Yeah, I always, I always definitely stress that. Yeah, head to head is not. I mean, you could, you could argue their resumes. I think are pretty close, so you, you could argue. Yeah, either I would have a problem if Tennessee was ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I agree that the, the insistence on any one factor is, is not how they do it. It's you know, head to head is a factor, but it's not the only one. I guess, I guess they off. You know, when you get all these rankings, you got to don't look at Twitter. Don't, don't do it. Just, just, oh my gosh. Can't do it. It's a lot of opinions. Just a lot too many. Opinions. A lot of a lot of conspiracy theory ranking things that I got there. I've, you I've know, li- like I've listened oh to my. other podcasts that that analyze the rankings, and it's sometimes hard to listen to when you when 
it's all about the conspiracy theories. And it's just like, yeah. they might, I'm fine with someone saying that the committee sucks, you know, or that they're inconsistent sure. or this, but like, I think they're just there ranking the teams. Like, it doesn't mean they don't have biases or, but it's, I think it's just 14 people in a room There's trying no, to rank like, these teams. There's no like some super hidden agenda to put, oh, we're going to make Utah a little higher. So it makes USC look good. And this, it's just like, there's no, just, there's not, they're not doing that type of stuff. They, this the one podcast I was listening to, which I like the podcast, if anyone can figure out what it is, but they were talking about one of the, the hosts was trying to guess all, all the rankings because he hadn't seen it. And uh, they got to 10th and he was like, oh, is it, you know, this team? And the other host was like, no, no. Now think about it. They they want it. They want to have, you know, oh, God. they want to yeah. have uh, this game be a top 10 matchup kind of a thing. And, yeah. Exactly. And so he, guessed, yeah. Not, he guessed two other teams before it that it could have been. And he's like, no, not them, not them, this one. It's like, so if it were any of those three teams, you could have claimed that it was a conspiracy because the other yeah. the other games were also on ESPN and also teams that they could have put there. So it's just like, if you're looking for yeah, that, exactly. you're going to find it. You'll find it, exactly. You'll find it in anything. All right. We're done being committee apologists. <laughs> yes. Um, conference championship, by the, the way. The committee wants all the top four to win, though. That would make their job sure, a lot easier. They sure do. <laughs> <yes>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. And they they really, this week, I, I thought Ohio State had a chance to be ahead of, of USC at yep. fourth in this set of rankings. I, I think actually they avoided pers- the why, you know, the, I mean, like, it, well, like as it I turns out, this last week. Yeah. As it turns Go out, there, yeah, they, uh, that makes things a little clearer headed into to this week that yeah. USC winning in for sure. But anyway. Let's get to our conference championship picks here, and we'll start with the ACC. Clemson is favored seven and a half against North Carolina, and this is being played in Charlotte. Not really looking forward to this game. This is one of the worst conference. I mean, it's going to be fun. Of course, it's college football weekend, some great teams, but this is one of the the worst conference conference championship uh, weekends I can remember. For a power five, this is weak right here. Um so North Carolina, they, they lost their last two games, both at home, Georgia Tech and NC State. Um, they, they scored a combined 44 points in those games, which for North Carolina standards is not good enough at all, averaging 22 points per game because um, their defense is horrible. Uh, Drake May hasn't really been playing the same through a pick in each of the last couple games, and they need almost perfection from him um, to, ha- to have a chance. Um, you know, I know Clemson's coming off of a loss as well, but... You know, the team that beat them, South Carolina, also whooped up on Tennessee the week before. So they're they're obviously playing well. Um, I'm assuming DJU is still going to be the guy, even though he's struggling. Maybe he they will. They said Club Nick's going to probably play, but DJ will start. Well, there you go. Uh, but I don't know. North Carolina's defense is just so bad that I think Clemson's offense will be able to have some success. Um, and Will Shipley, uh, the running back, will be able to get the ball be able to run the ball so i'm gonna take clemson begrudgingly i'm going the other way i'm taking the points um part of me just thinks they got a little complacent once they got in the acc title game i mean they could have easily beaten georgia tech they dropped a touchdown then there was even less motivation to beat nc state um obviously could have won that too so and i just think clemson's disappointed they missed the playoff i don't trust dju at the moment i mean i will admit that the best thing going for him is playing this defense but i'll take my chances with drake may I think they'll uh, they'll uh, be able to move the ball and keep it under the seven and a half. I'm with Trey. I just don't want to lay seven and a half right now with DJU or with the freshman club, Nick. 
uh, going up against a Drake Maylet offense, especially after what Spencer Sanders or Spencer Sanders, Spencer Rattler uh, did against <laughs> this this Clemson defense. So I think May will be able to, yeah, have have enough success to to cover. Cool. All right. Well, let's go to the Big Twelve <laughs> title game. We got K State uh, against TCU, the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs. Their favorite two and a half in Jerry World. Trey. Yeah, it's the the purple matchup. Uh, I'm going to take the two and a half with <laughs> Put that on the yeah. banner. It is. Yeah. yeah, the purple matchup. Yep. Yeah, they get the winner. Who gets wears to it best? The purple. That's right. Uh, I'm taking the two and a half with Kansas State. Uh, personally, I want TC to win. Get some new blood in the playoff. I've been a TCU guy for the last few years, but this is business. Um, they TCU won this matchup earlier in the year, but remember Kansas State was up 28 to 10 at TCU. Adrian Martinez left hurt. Then Will Howard left briefly getting hurt. Uh, they had to play the three, third stringer for a bit. They had a few un- other injuries that hurt him, including star pass rusher King Felix. And TCU's big receiver, Quentin Johnson, he sat out last week. Johnston sat out last week, so something to watch if he's not 100%. And one last point is Max Duggan. He has a chance to lock a seat in New York for the Heisman ceremony here with, the, with a good game. Yeah. And if he, I feel like he... I don't know if Caleb just has a terrible game and Duggan kills it. Maybe there's a puncher's chance there to Some actually, drama. To actually yeah. win it. I don't know. But uh, but I'm I'm taking K-State as well. Um, yeah, in the first matchup, they actually outgained TCU by over a yard per play, but had a couple turnovers. And like you said, down to their third string at one point. Um, but yeah, K-State's playing really well right now, arguably better than TCU has been playing. And uh, my favorite rating system, Massey Peabody, has... K-State actually slightly better. So I'm going to take the Wildcats, and I'm going to make them my lock. Really? I thought about 12 that. I thought TCU. about that. Oh, man, you guys. No faith. I'm, I'm no finally – hey, I picked TCU to get here, and uh, I picked them to lose. And now you're going against them. Now I'm going against them. So I, I hope I'm, they win. I'm, I'm with go, Trey. I'm, I'm, I'm cheering TCU, for them to man. make the playoff. I can't go against it. I haven't been going against it the last several weeks because it's just they seem like a team of destiny, and Max Duggan's a stud, and he just wills his team to victories. Um I trust him to do that again, man. Let's go. TCU all the way. 13 and 0. You're going That'd be with amazing. That'd be amazing. All right. All right. Um, moving on to the Big Ten. Purdue playing Michigan. Michigan is giving what 16 and a half? Yeah. This is an indie. I'm gonna lay those points with Michigan. Uh, Purdue's last two games, they've struggled against Northwestern and Indiana. And Michigan, we saw last year in a Similar spot yeah. here, just obliterated Iowa. I know uh, Purdue is, you know, a bit more uh, scary of an offense than Iowa, but I, I think they could dominate again here. Just, I mean, Indiana put up over 200 yards rushing uh, against Purdue's defense, and Wisconsin and Iowa had a lot of success on the ground against them as well. So I think Michigan's O line and Donovan Edwards could uh, just dominate here and lead to a cover. Yep. Don't even need Blake Corum in this one. Uh, Donovan Edwards is all you really need. So, I agree with you, man. The the last year's Big Twelve, Big Ten title games is looming in my mind, and I Purdue, I, I they can't raise their level of play if to me that quickly, you know. In a matter, of, Michael mentioned it. The last couple of games have been subpar competition. They've been games. They've been in tight games with teams that you know are not good. I just don't see how you're going to all of a sudden lift your your team up and have to play at a playoff level. Michael's though like I'm raising figuring. my hand because though Jeff Brom three and zero at purdue against i think against top three teams is it something crazy like that oh fair 
but uh on the oh, that's true yeah one of them was michigan state last year which you know yeah not know. really top three caliber and then sorry michigan ohio state. state ohio state that one year with rondell yeah. moore that was rondell legit moore. that was legit 49 they, was they won big that one yeah. Yeah, they oh. killed him. And then the one like at Wisconsin or something, or what was like trying to Wisconsin over that high. What but. was the? No, it wasn't Wisconsin. Could have been Iowa. Man. It was Iowa. Yeah, it was like Iowa. That. There you go. It was Iowa. Right. Yeah, yeah. So again, yeah. not top three caliber. It's, there you go. Okay. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, guys. News is gonna get whooped. Okay. Okay. Don't take the drugs. No. Yeah. I. I. I um. I don't see it. I think Michigan runs all over him, dominates this game, covers relatively easily. Yeah, I uh, I just think uh, Michigan gained a little bit of confidence confidence off on the offensive side for McCarthy and Purdue just happened to be the kind of the last man standing in the West. And on kind of a more somber note, Aiden O'Connell's been out these first few days of practice with uh, dealing with a, a family death. So hopefully he can be there and uh, and play well. But I just don't see see it being enough. Okay, Pac-12 title on Friday. This is going to sort of uh, obviously decide a lot in the playoff picture yeah. as we discussed. Utah versus USC. Trojans are favored two and a half. This is being played in Las Vegas. Love it. Yeah, yeah, like it a lot. This was a heck of a game in Salt Lake City earlier uh, in the <laughs> season. I mean, sorry, USC lost, but hey, doesn't really matter. Now does it, Michael? They win and they're in. Um, um, I mean, hey, if we if we had one, it would be it, nice though. to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But sure, I, I, you be. can't play that. I'm not going to be. <laughs> I'm not going to play yeah. that game with USC this year. Not uh, at all. Yeah, we've had enough luck that I'm uh, fine. Fine losing that one. Yep. Um, so yeah, this one should be great. Um, you know, there's really kind of one thing in this game that kind of helps me decide. You know, which team I'm going with, and it's just Caleb Williams. I mean, he has been the best player in the country this year. I don't think he's going to let USC lose this game. Uh, he, he's the best player on on the on the field for this game, um, and it's the most important position in football. I know USC's defense gave up 43 last time to this this Utah squad, but you know that was in Salt Lake. Neutral field might change things up a little bit, and it's just USC's got to be my pick, man. I, they're playing great. Caleb Williams is the Heisman winner in my eyes. I got to make a I got to go with a lock with my Heisman Heisman guy. All right. I mean, USC, they do have a ton of confidence coming in the last couple of weeks winning against UCLA and, and Notre Dame. Caleb's a superman. It's funny, like all the talk is on USC, and deservedly so, but it almost seems like no one even knows who they're playing in the conference title. I'm going to I'm gonna take the Utes. Um, you know, Cam Rising, he had an uncharacteristically bad game a couple of weeks ago at Oregon, but that was in a hostel, Autzen. He got right last week. It looks like Dalton Kincaid will be back. He torched SC in their last matchup. And Utah, they got a strong offense. I think Rising can exploit the SC defense enough to at least get the the cover here. Yeah, I've uh, I've of course been picking against USC consistently this year because I was low on them coming into the year, lower than the market, and I guess I haven't caught up. But I I've been trying to keep myself honest by predicting the point spread you know, before I see it and, and having that, like tr- actually trying to predict it and having that determine who I'm going to bet and, or not, I'm not actually betting it, but who I'm picking on the podcast. I thought it was USC minus one and a half and it has turned out slightly higher, minus two and a half. So I, according to my take that thought point. here, I'm going to take go. that point. I'm going to take the plus two and a half with, with Utah. But uh, I mean, the reason why I, I kind of thought I might end up on USC, is just because 
we're getting as as healthy as we've been in a while. Uh, Jordan Addison, of course, back had a great game. Mario Williams is back, uh, getting healthier. Eric Gentry at linebacker, who's huge for this defense, finally played last week, and I think he's maybe still not quite one hundred percent, but he still made an impact. So that's big. Um, so I, yeah, I just think USC's in a in a great spot right now, but two and a half points and and it was like a couple days ago it was three and that was like ooh a full three that is uh very tempting to take with with utah with the way that i assume they're going to put up a ton of points on this usc defense and dalton kincaid had one of the best games a tight end has ever had against usc's defense last time so if he is there and healthy which i think is maybe a little bit of a question but uh that that is a scary i just don't think we have anybody to stop him so we'll see what happens but I'm taking Utah, hoping I am wrong. You will be. I hope so. That is too much. It's also like a little bit of like a water finding its level, you know, like Tennessee getting blown out by South Carolina is almost a little bit of, okay, it was just, it was too much. This is Tennessee going to the playoff. It's just like too much too soon. Maybe that's the same case here with you. Maybe USC goes down because it just can't happen. USC 12 and one to the playoff in year one. It's too much. Sure, Mike. Believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Convince yourself. Right. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Let, let's go to the uh, SEC championship. We got uh, LSU against Georgia. Georgia's favorite 17 and a half. It's uh, being played in Atlanta. I'm going to take a shot and take the points with LSU. You know, I'm aware this is a near home game in Atlanta. I'm aware that LSU just lost to lowly A&M. It was in College Station. But I just kind of look at it like, LSU's got nothing to lose here. They're ahead of schedule under Brian Kelly. Jaden Daniels got banged up uh, last week, so keep an eye on that. But he's just been the man this year with his arm and legs. Takes care of the ball, which is obviously important against a, a Georgia defense. Harold Perkins on defense is one of the best young stars. Maybe could have an impact on the Georgia offense that hasn't necessarily been firing on all cylinders in the last few weeks. They only put up 16 on Kentucky a couple weeks ago up 10-7 at half as a 35-point favorite against Georgia Tech last week. Uh, Georgia, they had that dominant win against Tennessee, but they were able to avoid Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss in the regular season, still in a couple dogfights. Maybe this will be a a dogfight too, so I'm going to take the three scores. I am also taking the 17.5. We saw Georgia last year in this game not needing a win to make the playoff, like is the case here, and they lost big to Alabama. I mean, I don't think they're going to lose to LSU, but I think maybe they don't you know, fully get up for this game, or maybe they hold some stuff back uh, scheme-wise. You know, I, of course, I don't see, like I said, LSU winning because, you know, Jaden Daniels may be yeah. questionable there, and I just don't think uh, their passing game is is good enough. But I could see them hanging around like Kentucky, like Georgia Tech, uh, enough to get the cover. Yeah, we're all in agreement taking those points. It's just a little too much. LSU's defense going to play inspired, not not you know, I don't think LSU needs a ton of points to keep this within the 17 and a half. So they'll get some, and I think that's all they'll need. All right. Moving over to the AAC American central Florida is playing at Tulane and the green wave are favored three and a half. Yeah. So UCF beat Tulane on the road uh, by seven about a month ago, but that was an evenly played game. Turnovers were kind of the difference there. And since then, UCF has lost to Navy and almost lost to South Florida, two of the worst teams in the conference. You could argue that UCF did lose. That that uh, game-winning touchdown catch was oh, yeah. very yeah, difficult. To, have. I don't know. I, I'm not, I can't. I've heard some people say that it definitely wasn't a catch. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it wasn't, but 
it's very difficult to tell what hits it down first. Razor thin. Like there's not really an angle or I, I it's it was very tough to tell. Easily it was an incredible catch either way. Yes, it was. Um, and uh, John Rice Plumley hurt his hamstring last week and left the game. So not sure about his status, but Mikey Keene does not at all have the running ability that, that Plumley does. So I think that limits the offense and they're going up against one of the best G5 defenses. So I like Tulane at home in you know fritz's kind of celebration that he's still there yeah i'm with you mike uh that first game t- it was pretty deceiving you know Tulane was minus two in the turnover battle um and then the other thing was uh, ucf jumped out to a pretty big early lead like uh, in that in that game so uh, Tulane kind of got taken out of who they are which is a good running team so their their stud running back tajay spears he only had eight carries in that game um, which is just nowhere near enough for for the type of running back he is. He rushed for 130 yards on those eight carries, but so that's a good sign. Yeah. So I don't anticipate that happening again, where they just fall behind again. So I think they're going to be able to play more of their game. Tajay Spears is going to get more carries. He's been a beast lately. He's an awesome running back. Uh, Pratt's going to be doing well for them at QB. So I, I like Tulane. They've been playing better. I think the there's really all signs to me point to the green wave right now. Yeah, I they were impressive last week getting the road win at Cincinnati. And I yes. said it, <clears throat> sorry, I said it last week that I think they learned from that UCF game earlier. They know how to play in these big games. I think Tulane wins the AAC at home. They get a New Year's Six bid, and the Green Wave are going to be my lock of the week. Go Tulane. I like it, Trey. Okay, let's get to the Conference USA Championship on Friday. We've got North Texas at UTSA. UTSA favored eight and a half. Um, and this Seth Luttrell, I've been hearing is um maybe has a warm seat or a hot seat so i don't know if he loses this if that means he gets fired but wow that is that would be kind of wild seeing what? yeah yeah apparently a turnaround year yeah um i don't know the latest on that but that's what uh, i heard on another podcast a, a couple weeks ago so okay. anyway um these two played earlier this year and utsa won on a last minute touchdown at home but i think north texas will will keep up with them um austin ani their 29 year old quarterback is having a great year i think he can light up a, a questionable utsa defense that gives up a ton of explosive plays i mean frank harris on the other side is going to have a monster game but yeah i'll take the points with north texas and hopefully seth luttrell keeps his job yeah i would hope so all right let's go to the mac we got the mac championship toledo's favorite a couple of points uh, against Ohio, and this is being played in Detroit as usual. Um, so I know Ohio here; they're they're going to be without their star quarterback, of course, uh, Curtis Rourke, who you know ended his season a few weeks back with a torn ACL. Um, but the backup, C.J. Harris, uh, he's he played well. He's been playing well. He played well last week uh, in their blowout of of Bowling Green, a team Toledo lost to just a couple weeks back. Um, Toledo's kind of limping into this one. They've lost two in a row, three out of their last five. Last week was a bad loss they had to Western Michigan. So that's not a good look. Meanwhile, Ohio has been playing fantastic. They've won seven in a row. They're running the ball well, playing good defense. Defense is playing even better lately. So I, I got to take those two points with the team that's just playing better. So I'm taking Ohio. All right, moving on to the Mountain West. We got Fresno State at Boise State. Boise's given three and a half. And I, I just, I can't go against my boy, Jake Hayner now. I'm going to take Fresno. Uh, I'm aware though, you know, Boise has been a totally different team since the freshman Taylor Green has been in. I'm not like comparing him to Vince Young, but he has that similar <laughs> kind of frame. 
Yeah. No, like you watch him, like his stride and like his yeah. he wears number ten. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but no, the 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 Broncos they lost to BYU. Uh, Why not then Colin a couple Kaepernick, weeks later, Mountain West guy. Yeah. No, but no, no. no. Okay. It's, it's Vince. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, yeah. Now, anyways, um, a couple weeks later after the BYU loss, they were extremely fortunate to not blow the win against Wyoming. Last week, Utah State was driving to beat them in the final minute. Ended up being like an all-time bad beat because Boise scored twice in the last minute. But um, um, and and Boise won the matchup earlier this year. But Jake Hayner wasn't playing, and since Jake Hayner's been back, Fresno's rattled off seven in a row. They're brimming with confidence. A couple dominant, easy wins coming into this one, and in the last four weeks, Jake Hayner has a ten to nothing touchdown to interception ratio. So that's why I'm going to take the points with Fresno. Boise might win, but Fresno gets the cover. Okay, last one we have here, the Sunbelt Championship, Coastal Carolina at Troy. This one has uh, lost some of its luster, of course, with Grayson McCall. Well, uh, he's been out. I don't, he's, it's, not, it's unclear whether he'll be back for this game, but I think the point spread being Troy minus 8.5 will tell you that not yeah. not super confident that McCall will be back healthy. So I just think that Without him, they're a completely different team, obviously. They lost at home to Southern Miss. They got completely blown out by James Madison last week. Who won the division. That Well, should have won the division, you're right. But yeah. they're not eligible because first year in FBS. But now Coastal's going on the road again against a really good Troy defense. I think they lose by margin, so I'm I'm taking Troy. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. Trey, how about, a, how about a, a Kellen Moore? Is that a, is that a nice comparison? Yeah. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, yeah. just checking. All right, let's. And by the way, that that Utah State uh, bad beat you brought up, um, that is one of the all timers. That is, it's definitely (laughs) the worst this year. But yeah, yeah. they had to score. So so you Ryan, Utah State is driving. They're down five, whatever it is. They're driving to win the game with like just over a minute. They throw a pick. So you think, okay, you know, Boise can just run out the clock. They were given. Boise was given like 16 and a half or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was. They're only up five. Taylor Green runs for a 90 yard touchdown with like a minute. Oh. So you're still thinking, okay, you know, still you're still over. covering. Yeah. Even that was but crazy. Though, just, they, to, just to get that 90 yeah, that yard touchdown. Crazy. Cause like they could, they could just run out the ni- clock. Like, yeah. 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 He could have just stopped 90 yard touchdown run. Unbelievable. And then, of course, right in the final seconds, Utah State throws a pick. The guy returns it. You think he might get get forced out at like the inside the five? He scored. Yeah, yeah, that's to, to get the cover. unbelievable. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have Utah State. Yeah, that's rough. All right, well, let's close out this episode with a questionable finish. Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara has entered the transfer portal. Where do you see him playing next year, or where would you like to see him play? I guess. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's from. I'd like to see him drop down a level because he's from Reno, Nevada, which is Mountain West territory. So I'd, I I want to see him replace Jake Hayner at Fresno, Trey, Trey's boy. I think he could do a good yeah. job there. I like it. I'm I'm thinking a little higher sights for him. I think Notre Dame could be interesting. One of our patrons pointed out to me that he was originally committed to Notre Dame out of high school, so maybe he could be kind of a, a Jack Cohn type transfer there. All right, I'll cover our bases then two other schools that'll be looking for quarterbacks iowa and kentucky man yeah we'll see yeah, yeah. not sure if i'm jumping at the offensive bandwagon for those guys no, if I'm, but 
know. You never know. All right. The five finalists for the Broyles Award are Georgia Offensive Coordinator Todd Munkin, Illinois DC Ryan Walters, Michigan DC Jesse Minter, TCU Offensive Coordinator Garrett Riley, and Tennessee's Offensive Coordinator Alex Golesh. What is the biggest snub there? I'm going to go with something that rhymes with snub a little bit. Grub. Ryan Grub. Offensive coordinator for Washington. Uh, Michael Penix ended up leading the nation in passing. Incredible turnaround from the John Donovan offense last year. I know Kalen DeBoer had his fingerprints all over that, but so did some of these other coordinators. Yeah, that's what coaches. I was kind of yeah, at. Yeah, it is kind of true. It's I, I usually TCU, like to choose TCU. I usually like mm. to choose one that is seems to be fully in charge of, of that side of the ball. Uh, I'm going with Kansas offensive coordinator Alex Kotelnicki. He inherited one of the worst offenses in, in college football, and in year two, he has them as one of the 10 best offenses. Even without Jalen Daniels, the offense was still putting up great numbers with Jason Bean. He's really creative. Yeah. Like There's so many plays that they've run this year that you've never seen before. He's lined up you know, Daniels at running back and handed it off to him and had him throw it. Uh, this past weekend against um, K-State, they had Jason Bean line up at receiver and kind of take the ball, uh, I guess kind of like an end around, and they handed it to him, but then he kind of just ran in a circle back the other way and threw a pass. Like, just kind of creative stuff like that. Fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun, no doubt. And they they did a good job. Um, <coughs> excuse you, Trey. <laughs> Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Trey's, yeah, Trey's been on him. The, by the way, your guys' microphones, they, it has a button where you can click mute. Oh. It's the loudest button yeah. ever. <laughs> like, I, well, <laughs> Sorry no, about I, that. No, it's fine. You're doing, you're doing your best. But like, why do they make microphones where the mute button is just like, you might as well yeah. just cough instead of pressing the mute <laughs> button. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm, I'm always conscientious of that. If I have to push it, I try to like do it really. There's no way to do it. No, uh, why don't you do it? Well, it, usually I try and take it out. Uh, I'll do a test run right now. See oh, yeah, if I can do it. I did it like five times see today. If the, so. See if ever, the listeners notice a big beep here. Honestly, the filters might filter that out. I yeah. don't know, but yeah, it was loud. Yeah, I tried. I tried. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, Phil Parker, defensive coordinator, Iowa. Guy doesn't get enough credit really for con- consistently having practically elite level defenses when the offense is just doing absolutely nothing to help him out. So it, it, he's the reason why they're, you know, been good the last few years. Okay, let's go with our upset specials. Got to give, got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I will take North Texas to get the upset over UTSA. I already talked about that game and I'm not going to talk anymore. Good. <laughs> I'm going to take North Carolina getting seven and a half against Clemson. Maybe DJU and Clemson's confidence is shot. Okay, I'm going to go with the Zips. Akron's getting 11 and a half at Buffalo. This is uh, just a makeup game from before. Weather caused this one to be delayed. So Akron just whooped Northern uh, Illinois by 32 last game. Um, and the game before that, they almost beat Eastern Michigan, who finished 8 and 4. So Akron, the past couple games have been pretty good. Okay, that'll do it for this week's episode of the college football bros podcast uh enjoy championship weekend and we will talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros and for their commentary on saturdays Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros.
Thanks for listening. 